Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO Susan Wheeler Johnston, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at nakubo.org. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Liz Clark. I'm Vice President for Policy and Research here at Nakubo. And today I'm joined once again by Ken Red. Uh, Ken, uh, why don't you introduce yourself and uh, your role here at Nakubo? Uh, thanks, Liz, and welcome to our audience. I'm Ken Red. I am the Senior Director of Research and Policy Analysis here at Nakubo. Ken, uh, just for our listeners, what does that mean? Uh, what kind of research do you work on and uh, what kind of things are, are folks interested in from Nakubo? Sure. Nakubo does a series of uh, surveys and other studies related to financing of higher education. Um, and one of them we'll talk about today, of course, is endowment. But we also do a financial aid related survey called the tuition discounting study. And we do a survey of bursar functions called the student financial services benchmarking study. So uh, a deep dive or, or various deep dives and looks at some of the administrative functions and the financial uh, decisions that need to be made at colleges and universities. Yeah, that's exactly right. With the focus in each of those areas on uh, both our uh, chief business officers uh, and on other functions that the CBO would uh, delegate to various uh, parts of their uh, business operations, such as bursar functions or uh, financial aid, or in, in this case, endowments. So we've seen increasing in t- in attention and interest in college and university endowments from the general public and from policymakers, but Nakubo has been studying endowments for quite some time. Uh, why do you study endowments? What's the purpose of your research here? Uh, first, I should uh, thank our key sponsor of our endowment study, which is uh, TIAA. Uh, they've been partnering with us. This is their second year of their partnership, and I want to acknowledge the valuable contribution they provide to us and our members. As you said, Liz, we've been doing the study for quite a while. Uh, since 1974, Nakubo has, with various partners, has uh, conducted a study of, in, of endowments. And it's a very important topic. It gets a lot of attention from the media and from uh, uh, college administrators and families. Endowments, as many uh, folks would, would probably guess, are a key part of the university finances, the annual income that it derived from endowments accounts for about 13% of total universities' operating budget. So they're quite an important source. Not the only source, of course, but quite important. Uh, and they're uh, a, a big source of that revenue turned out to be a big source of uh, funding for various parts of the uni- university operations. Uh, we know from our uh, data, for example, that uh, that on average, uh, endowment income accounts for about forty nine percent of the funding that universities uh, provide for scholarships, for financial aid for students, uh, 
So uh, from that standpoint, uh, endowments are a big contributor to f- for financial aid for students. So that's just one example of why they're important for, for us to study and for our, our members to, to understand. So like the other studies you do, this takes a look at one aspect of the financial health of an institution. And that's and exactly right. People will use that information and data to make sure they're on track and headed the right direction to uh, keep their institutions up and running. Frankly. Absolutely. Because our studies been so long, going so, for so long and it's so uh, well, the track record is so well established that many institutions do use it as a source of benchmarking for their own performance. The media policymakers use it as well to learn more about what institutions are doing on a year-to-day basis with their endowment dollars. So it's, it's a pretty important part of what we do here at Kubo. So before we get to this year's results and findings, uh, let's spend a couple of minutes actually digging in a little bit more uh, on endowments themselves <laughs> and, and go back to basics. What yeah. is a college endowment? Yeah, I think there's a lot of misconceptions about what endowments are, what they are supposed to do. Endowments are really, if you think of a campus um, and the way campuses uh, have funding, some funding is for short-term annual uh, planning and and other funds like endowments are for longer-term projects or or services. And and so the important thing to remember about endowments is that they are for intergeneration, they're for long-term, they're uh, while we do our survey every year, um, the key part of the survey is, is sort of that long-term planning, long-term strategy that institutions uh, use these funds for. Um, and, and probably the best way to think about that is to think about how endowments are created. Uh, an endowment normally is created by a, 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 a mid-sized or large gift that, that usually an alum or some other supporter of the campus uh, provides to a school, there's usually a gift agreement, and that gift agreement essentially restricts how the funds could be used. Uh, so if if you or I or, or somebody was fortunate enough to have enough funding and we said, well, we want to provide a gift of, say, $100,000 to our, our, our various alma mater, we would sign an agreement with our schools, and that agreement would say, well, the money here would be invested so that it lasts forever, so past our lifetimes. And it would be invested in such a way that there would be uh, not just money generated for today's students, but additional money, uh, earnings over time that could be used for future generations. So it, you know, an endowment gift could last to 2050, 2100, or well into the future, as long as our school is around, which uh, hopefully they would be, uh, they would outlive us. Uh, so... That's the real key point about an endowed gift or an endowment um, is that it's, it's designed to be used for a particular purpose with an agreement from a donor to a school and that that uh, money generated would provide income for not just today's students, but students in future generations. And that's how they're managed. They're managed with that in mind. It, it, that answers the question that we often get, uh, Liz, as you know, uh, we get a question about, well, why can't a school take money from one endowed fund and use it for another purpose like financial aid or something like that. And the reason is, is that there's a gift agreement that's binding that says that by and large, you can't do that. If a, if a donor gives a hundred thousand dollar endowed gift for the library, he or she and, and their families would expect that that hundred thousand dollar income generated from that would be used for the library. 
Uh, so, they, so that helps campuses with that. They know that that money will be there for the library or for some other purpose, and it's there forever. So. You raised a couple of interesting uh, points that I'd like to dig in sure. deeper. Uh, so you, you talked about uh, the long term, but it's not necessarily a savings account to tap into eventually. You want to be using it each and every year over the long term. So it's not just sitting there. It's actively both paying out and um, building for the future, kind of like a supercharged retirement account. Absolutely, that's right. If you think about it that way, you and I, of course, we have our own retirement accounts and many, many people do. We want that money invested um, so that it lasts a long time. In the case of a, of a university endowment, it's the same, same concept. Hopefully, you wouldn't use your retirement money to meet your day-to-day expenses. You'd want to save it. And then when you need it, it's there. And then even when, you're, when you are using it, it's continually invested, it's continually generating income so that one year in retirement, you have a, a set amount that you use five years, 10 years. Hopefully, if your retirement lasts for a long time, that money will continue to be invested and generating income for you. That's the same way with an endowment. With The, the difference is, of course, the school hopefully doesn't close or, or, or anything like that. It, 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 it continues long beyond just the retirement life span. It, it, it lasts through multiple uh, lifespans of their students. So that's, that's the real key uh, point to make about uh, endowments. It, and campuses have them exactly for that purpose. They, they can plan not just for today, but for long into the future so that the library or financial aid, those, or those other things that endowments are for, have that set funding that they know is going to be there. It's going to be there beyond just one generation. It's going to be there for multiple generations. So you mentioned the library, but is that just one example? What yeah. campus programs benefit from it? Sure. Uh, that library is one example. and There are a number of campuses, uh, large and small, that have libraries that are endowed. But, but I mentioned financial aid before. Financial aid is far and away the number one use of endowed funds. There's also... Uh, the libraries, other academic programs, tutoring, mentoring programs for schools that have uh, medical schools. A lot of uh, the uh, medical training of future doctors is, is, in, is funded by endowments. Patient care for uh, uh, low-income patients, uh, often funded by endowments. So there's a wide variety, just as there are a wide variety of campuses in the United States, a wide variety of uses of endowments. But the number one, as I mentioned, uh, the number one uh, source of uh, use of endowed funds is, is financial aid for, for students. And that takes the form of, uh, generally speaking, scholarships uh, for students and fellowships for graduate programs, uh, graduate study, and, and many other types of financial aid for students. Uh, what yeah. what percent of uh, endowment spending goes toward uh, scholarships or fellowships? Yeah, so... I put these into numbers that uh, folks can understand. So on average, roughly campuses uh, draw on average roughly $26 million each year from their endowments. About 49% of that draw, that endowment draw, uh, is used for uh, scholarship for students and fellowships for financial aid for students. Another 10 to 15%, uh, give or take, is used for uh, academic services, uh, tutoring, mentoring, those kinds of areas. So more than half, uh, if you combine those two together, well over half, um, approaching 60% of the uh, of the money that campuses draw from their endowments is used in some way, shape, or form to help students academically, uh, 
and or to afford the price of their their college. So that's a pretty uh, pretty serious commitment, I think, uh, on the part of of many campuses to help students succeed academically by obviously through the academic services funding and through the financial aid funding. Uh, are endowments the only source of student aid funding? No, I mean, uh, uh, if you look at the College Board data from most recent year, 2018 uh, data that the College Board put out, they uh, say that uh, uh, $65 billion is the amount of money that campuses on their own, from their own coffers, uh, devote to financial aid. So that's that's a huge commitment. That's far and away uh, bigger than what I just mentioned from the uh, amount of that's drawn from endowments. Um, we do, as I mentioned before, we do a, a financial aid survey called the tuition discounting study. And from that study, we know that at private colleges, endowment dollars, while they're important, they account for only 11% of the uh, financial aid funding uh, that private colleges provide. The rest is from uh, other annual donations uh, that uh, outside of the endowment that that uh, alumni and others uh, give. Uh, uh, in some cases, uh, tuition revenue from us uh, uh, is used to help uh, fund uh, uh, scholarships for students as well. So uh, funding from financial aid comes from a wide variety of sources. Endowment's an important source, but certainly not the only one. And then the balance of the endowment spending, I suppose, goes to, you mentioned the libraries, but it they also support research or pay faculty. There's a wide variety of operational needs that schools may have. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, and, and one area that we didn't mention, of course, is campus maintenance, uh, making sure the buildings are, uh, are operating, uh, uh, the grounds are, 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 uh, are clean and well-kept. Uh, that's, that's another very important use of endowment dollars in addition to the other things that I said. So, so it's a wide variety, just like uh, there's a wide variety of campuses, certainly a wide variety of, uh, of funding needs and endowments plays a big part in each of those funding needs. A lot of media and public attention goes to large endowments from very well-known institutions. Are these elite colleges the only organizations that rely on endowments? No, uh, and in fact, uh, our, our survey uh, this year, we have 773 institutions that participated in our survey. Only a small percentage of them are the elite, those big, well-endowed or high-endowed schools. Um, the vast majority of endowments are quite small. And in fact, the median endowment value of the schools that participate in our study so is about $144 million. So that means Fewer than half of the campuses that we survey uh, uh, have endowments of, uh, of of anything over one hundred forty five million dollars. Um, so while the large endowed schools get a lot of media attention, they tend to be um, uh, uh, not typical. The typical endowment is somewhere in that hundred to one hundred forty million dollar, one hundred forty four million dollar range. Um, as I mentioned, they they. Uh, typically generate enough revenue to, uh, to account for about 13% of, of the campus's operating budget. So uh, they're important, but uh, there's no way that you could say a large, well-endowed school, while it gets a lot of attention, is, is typical of what the experience is in college campuses and endowments. So uh, I know our study focuses on colleges and universities, but are they the only nonprofit organizations that rely on endowments? Yeah, there's a wide variety, zoos, museums, hospitals, 
foundations and endowments touch a wide variety of life in the United States. Education is the part that we cover is just one aspect. Uh, Let's now actually take a dive into the work that you've done most recently and talk about the fiscal year 2019 returns. Uh, How did they look? What were the investment returns uh, as you found in the Nakubo study? So uh, just a little bit of background. I mentioned before that endowments, uh, they try to have a a, a goal of seeking what's called intergenerational equity. They want to generate enough money for today's students, but then also uh, have some growth for tomorrow's students. So in order to do that, most campuses have a goal of, of a 7 to 8% long-term return target. Uh, that is enough to meet both current spending and have, a, have a leftover for growth. So the really good news related to this year's survey is that the average 10-year uh, growth rate, uh, investment rate, net of any fees or in, uh, uh, expenses for running the endowment was about 8.4%. It's the first time in the past 10 years where endowments have generated enough return in, uh, uh, from the financial markets to meet their return objectives. In fact, this year, about 80% of all the schools that participated in our endowment survey met or exceeded their return objectives of, on the long-term basis. So that's that's really probably the most positive news that we've had over the last 10 years. So since emerging from the financial crisis, uh, this is the first time uh, since the Great Recession that we've had uh, been able to report that solid 8.4% return uh, average. So that's, that's the really good news from this survey. While the 10-year return number is strong, there's also a lot of focus on the short term, uh, the the one year return. And I the, felt a butt coming. Yeah, <laughs> I got good news. Yes, yeah, so yes, there's coming. always there's always a flip side. So, unfortunately, this year, uh, while the long term uh, eight point four percent ten year average is, is really strong, the 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 flip side to that is that the one year average return was was below that target. It's only five point three percent, and so what that means is that while the past ten years, uh, the past decade, endowments uh, did pretty well. Going into the next decade, it, uh, it doesn't look as promising. Uh, the financial markets are challenging, as that one-year 5.3% return uh, average would suggest. And uh, there were a lot of various reasons for that. But uh, we know while the economy is still reasonably strong, we know economic growth has been slowing. and uh, uh, I think the, the the relatively weaker one-year number suggests that the, there'll be a lot of future challenges in the uh, markets. But but if you look at the whole 10 years, the past 10 years, uh, uh, they've been reasonably strong and then endowments have, have, as I mentioned, enjoyed a, a pretty good 8% uh, or, or in greater uh, return. So that's, that's, that's good news to overall for, for both schools and for the students and faculty they serve. So it sounds like we have good news for the grand scheme of things and for the foreseeable future, but sometimes it helps folks to think about the here and now. Right. And uh, let's talk about these percentages and translate them into dollars. Right. So what's the story if we look at it from the spending of dollars perspective? I mentioned before that 
one reason why we're la- we're happy to see the eight percent, eight point four percent average return is that it means that institutions have been able to generate additional uh, funding from their endowments. So, what that means in a dollar's term is that this year, uh, institutions were able to generate even more funds from their endowments to help students. So last year, the average spending from endowments was around $21 million. This year with stronger returns is about $26 million. That extra funding obviously means that campuses were able to use their endowments for a wider, even wider variety of services, particularly for financial aid. We also know that roughly 80%, so eight out of 10 of our endowed uh, schools not just met their objective uh, investment objectives, but they also increased their spending. So roughly 80% of institutions uh, increased their spending from their endowments. That means only 20% uh, had to maintain or reduce their spending from their endowments. Uh, so again, that just translates into more funding for students, more funding for research and other, the other things that uh, endowments uh, typically fund. So in that, from that perspective, the current the year that we just closed on was really positive um, uh, for the aspect of uh, additional spending and additional services that endowments can provide. So a lot of people think about endowments as something that schools might be sitting on, but what you're telling me is that they are using their endowments to generate more dollar spending year after year. And in in fact, we're seeing some fairly impressive growth because of this long-term 10-year, 8.4% average return. Oh, that's exactly right. Um, As you said before, uh, Liz, endowments are not designed to be reserve funds. Schools don't, quote-unquote, sit on the money. They, as as financial markets improve and institutions are able to generate more dollars from their endowments, they use that in, a, in addition to other funding that they get to provide even more services to, to students. And they reinvest in their endowed funds so that in the future, they continue to generate more uh, a dollars. So uh, this is not money that sort of quote, quote unquote sits around. It, it is money that is con- uh, continually used for more students and hopefully uh, more student success. So Ken, I I saw some impressive numbers and some of the work you did, and it suggests that over 10 years, this 8.4% return, if we look at averages, has resulted in uh, average dollar spending from endowments by growing 50% over 10 years. That's exactly right, yeah. So if if you remember from the financial crisis where we we had a big drop in endowments, uh, so in that aspect, uh, endowments uh, were, um, in, in many cases, reducing their spending. Over the last 10 years, we've seen much healthier financial markets. Uh, we've emerged from the Great Recession. And so over the last 10 years, endowments indeed have increased their spending by 50%, which is, uh, if you look at it from the standpoint of inflation, inflation over that time period has been less than 10%. So endowments are, spending has been growing faster than inflation, faster than the price listed price of college, uh, certainly fa- faster than uh, uh, things like faculty salary and other other uh, spending categories. Um, um, and much of that, to, uh, to, to, to reiterate something that we said earlier, much of that spending uh, increase has gone to financial aid. We know from the college board, for example, that over the last 10 years, total spending on financial aid has more than doubled. And, and so it's surely that 50% increase in endowment spending has been a part of that uh, doubling of spending in in uh, uh, grants and scholarships to students. So, 
I, I think campuses have been doing combined with their endowments combined with other things that they've been doing uh, have been really making a, a great effort to use their resources to support student success and that uh, that 50 percent increase in, in endowment spending that you, that, that that we highlight in the study this year is, is is a big part of that so while there are challenges faced by all institutions and concerns always raised there's a lot of good news about the management and uh, of uh, uh, endowments and investments and uh, the way schools are leveraging their resources uh, in new and different ways to, to assist students. This good news is great. And as I mentioned earlier, there's always a but. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure that there are some concerns that endowment managers have. Uh, what uh, you know, they're, they're not just dancing um, happily about a good year. How are they planning for the future? What concerns are on their minds? Yeah, I mentioned before uh, that while the 10-year return has been very positive, uh, the, the, the one-year return this year that we're reporting uh, roughly that at 5.3% is the big concern. Um, markets going forward are going to be very challenging for a variety of reasons. And uh, whether no matter which side of the aisle you stand on, the financial challenges are coming from the the uncertainty around the the continuing tariffs and and uh, trade issues with uh, China and our other European partners. The outcome of the election, again, no matter which side of the aisle you're on, uh, always every time there's an election, there's always uh, uncertainty generated from that. The certainly the news out of the Middle East recently and the instability of of uh, uh, that region and other regions around the world is is certainly uh, something to be concerned about. And lastly, um, most people are concerned about climate change. From the standpoint of university finances, having to mitigate or, or account for the risk of changing un, unplanned changes in weather, uh, unplanned uh, uh, fires, and, and and other weather-related issues that we see throughout the country and throughout the world, but but certainly in in the United States, uh, uh, no different from that. All those things are, if you're an investment manager of an endowment, those are weighing on you because they influence the direction of financial markets and uh, dampen returns in, in, in many cases unless, uh, until there's some clarity on those, on those areas. So uh, just from, like I said, this is just quickly from the financial aspect, not political in any way. All those things, the elections, particularly uh, the, the trade issues, uh, situation in the Middle East and climate change are all uh, things that institutions are, are, are worried about, frankly, and, and how they might influence what happens with endowments going forward is, is unknown. It's always complicated to think about the factors that go into how campuses invest their endowed funds and then administer them. Mm -hmm. uh, but this has been a helpful and insightful look at endowments and a and a glimpse at the current state of things with the results from the 2019 study. Ken, uh, any final thoughts you might want to add? Sure. Just wanted to let folks know that you can go to our website, nakubo.org, and uh, under the research section, there's uh, a variety of free public tables that uh, lay out uh, the returns and spending and other things that, we, that Liz and I just talked about. And again, I want to thank our partners at TIAA who uh, make all this research possible. Thanks, Ken. Uh, this was great. I look forward to discussing future Nakubo research with oh, you. It's always a great pleasure. Uh, uh, thanks, Liz, and thanks to our audience for tuning in.